You are listening to episode number 339 of the 360 Vegas podcast. Check out the blog at 360vegaspodcast.com or send us an email at 360vegaspodcast at gmail.com. You can support the show financially when you shop at Amazon and Vegas.com. Simply go to the blog, click on the corresponding banner and go about your shopping. It's that easy to give us money without giving us money. Also, get early and sometimes exclusive access to all things 360 Vegas with a $7 per month subscription to Patreon. That's patreon.com slash 360Vegas. Day after tomorrow, gentlemen, we'll be in Las Vegas. Welcome to Vegas. Las Vegas functions on a twenty-four hour a day schedule. The pools, the casino, big volcano out in front. That's the Eiffel Tower. Bellagio. Riviera. The Mirage. Flamingo. Sahara. The MGM Grand. This isn't the real Caesar's Palace, is it? Want to gamble? They always put the machines that pay off the most right in the front. Good luck. Strip is just the most amazing stretch of road, I think, probably anywhere in the world. Kicking ass in Vegas. Vegas, baby. Vegas, baby. Welcome to Las Vegas. You know what I think I like the most? So I just recently, I think I mentioned this on the show before, I just recently started watching that show, Las Vegas, the TV show. And I think... I think what I really like about it is it reminds me of a time in Vegas that I fondly recall, like it just when it was fun, you know, <laughs> before all this COVID bullshit, you know, like, oh, my God, remember we used to do shit like that? Oh, that was so much fun. <laughs> I, I don't know. I still haven't seen a single episode of it. But, you know, uh, thanks to uh, Mr. Tony here, apparently I'm going to be formally exposed to the show from the beginning. Yeah, so. it's good to be me sometimes. Uh, I realized <laughs> when I started to to find interest in this uh mark meltz had mentioned that it was on e so i started watching it on e yeah and i'm like oh man and i asked tony i'm like have you seen this he's like yeah i own them all i'm like can i borrow them (laughs) (laughs) and then somebody mentioned that their season one and season two are really hard to find do you have any insight on that tony I have none at all. I That's so why would he? He owns it. If he wants to watch it, he just pops in the DVD. No, but I mean, yeah. it's <laughs> fascinating. Like season one and season two. Like if you want to buy them, they're like seventy five dollars. Well, it's crazy. They're out of print. That's nuts. Yeah. When I um here's a, here gather around, kitties. Grandpa's got a story. <laughs> and here's part of the reason why I'm literally never going to pay off my uh, federal student loans for college and undergrad, or excuse me, college and law school. My then roommate always knew what day within the semester of college or law school I would get my financial aid checks because I would come home from Best Buy (laughs) with giant bags of DVDs in my hands (laughs) and hand a guy, you guys, I've still got conservatively 35 DVDs in a like plastic tote bin that have never been opened because <laughs> like I wanted to own these movies on DVD on DVD but you know for the for the younger kids out there you got to appreciate the fact that at the time streaming wasn't a thing you right. couldn't jump right. on Netflix and Hulu and oh, no. and uh, Amazon Prime and pull If you up were a lucky a movie would show up on TV with commercials in it right um, and it's or, edited to shit right or if you you know were rich enough to afford one of the premium 
services at that time, HBO, Showtime, whatever, and you'd hope it would come on in rotation. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, any rate, long story short, uh, I, one of those trips home from Best Buy uh, was with, you know, the, the, the DVD seasons of Las Vegas DVD uh, in tow. And then I just bought the rest of them as, um, as I, as I watched them. One of the things that here's, again, here's another example. I've got uh, all of the seasons of Scrubs on DVD. And that's because <laughs> at the time you couldn't stream that show. Right. And I wanted to watch the either last season or next to the last season. And so the only way you could truly get caught up on the show is either you waited and watched them on television where you might get two or three episodes right. you know, at a time. Um, or you go out and you buy the DVDs. And so that's exactly what I did. I went out and bought all, you know, the first, let's say, five seasons of Scrubs before the sixth season came back and would just binge watch, uh, you know, episode after episode. So anyway, that's how I got um, all of the Las Vegas on um, on DVD was because I think I jumped into the show right when um, uh, Magnum P.I. came on the show. Uh, oh, really? That's the very end. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was a, I was a late, a late comer to, to the show. So anyway, yeah, enjoy them, man. And I'll tell you the other great thing about uh, having shows on DVD versus just being able to stream them is although they're not edited, like, like, I, I mean, I love the fact that streaming shows don't edit like syndication does. Right. Um, but secondarily, you get so much awesome bonus content on yeah. the DVD behind the scenes and stuff. Yeah. 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 That you don't get when you're just watching it on streaming that, uh, Mark, I think you will also just enjoy the behind the scenes of it as much as the show itself. Yeah. And I, I scoped that out as soon as, uh, I, I got them today, like literally about 40 minutes ago. Yeah. And yeah. I started looking through the back of them to, for, for all the bonus footage. Yeah, it's going to be good. Cool. Well, I, I look forward to uh, random conversations or text messages or even <laughs> rolling it into the uh, random Vegas uh, information. But we should probably start the show because he's Mark, she's Karen, I'm Tony, and always we start with that random Vegas. Despite having an almost biological need to gamble, Jay Sarno, the man behind Caesar's Palace and Circus Circus, didn't discover Las Vegas until he was over 40. I got that from the book Grandissimo. It's wild to me that you would be so, such a gambler and you wouldn't, you wouldn't come to Vegas. Well, it wasn't what it is now when he discovered it. So, I mean, it was still a place you could, you could gamble, but it wasn't, I I don't know. And I don't know where he's from originally. If it was a cross country trip back in the day, that would have been a pain in the ass. It was. Sarno lived in Atlanta. See that? And that would have been, I've been a haul to get here, but no. Especially when there's no Atlantic City. Yeah. So the only yeah, gambling he's doing yeah. is illegal gambling. Yeah, it's a good call. Well, if you can do that right. in your backyard and not have to worry about, you know, well, reporting you your wins. About the, well, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a really good book. Um, it's and, an and amazing your, book. Your, your comment is not lost on me. I'm, I'm angry at myself that I didn't discover Las Vegas until I was 30, 29 or 30. So... Um, I, I get it. I get it. Yeah. I, I feel like there were, there was roughly nine years of legal game. And I was a gambler. I really did enjoy going to uh, either the Indian casinos in Michigan or some of the, the regionals, like you guys are familiar with the, the, the Harris Joliet and Horseshoe Hammond and whatnot. Those were all around. So that's where I went to. It wasn't until my late, late twenties that I finally made it out there. And 
I just I missed out on so much. So <laughs> talk to me. Oh, this is such a good. This is a great winner. I mean, we have a lot of really fun <laughs> pictures, but the minute I saw this, I'm like, I, I just you can't help but not just stare and take it all in. Talk to us about the twit pick of the week. A twisted representation of a magnificent view, warped and all enveloping. A metaphor for the mind of those who adore the city that never sleeps. You can go fuck yourself, New York. Captured thanks to technology and cleverness by at God damn it. Cassetto is what it is. I always I always know what it is beforehand, and then I always get to it and I have a hiccup. Mind blank. Yeah. yeah. We'll finish it though. Yeah, I'm working on it. Okay. Ca- <laughs> captured th- I'm just going to leave it all in now at this point <laughs> by at Caseco 74 or Cassetto. It's not Canseco. It's not fucking Jose Canseco. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> this photo is an excellent representation of the dizzying effect Las Vegas has on the senses with or without intoxication. Overwhelming in either way in the best way possible. These guys have had a bunch of these out there, and this is just my favorite one. It's it's yeah. really cool. Yeah. I mean, it, it, and like I, I love the Vegas. Yeah, I mean, I love the the spherical part of it, where you know the, the Eiffel Tower and the buildings and stuff are sticking up out of the air. Right. Like it's and they're the center of the universe. I mean, it really is a little narcissistic if you think about <laughs> it. Um, but, but it's wow. it's a gorgeous. Yeah, it's a really cool picture. It is. Yeah, I, I got I got nothing to add. Any, anything else would be superfluous. It's it's beautiful and it's well deserving. As always, we will link to the photo on our blog, featured on all of our social media outlets such as Flickr, Pinterest, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Let's get into the news. Everybody had to wonder whether this was going to be in the news or not, and certainly it is. Sahara sues Vital Vegas. Sahara Las Vegas. It's funny. I was a lot more pissed off about this when I initially wrote it. Well, and this literally came out last week as we were prepping to record the show. So you you had a minute to process. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Time and age has caused me to calm down a little bit. And meds. And meds. Sahara Las Vegas has filed a lawsuit against Vital Vegas for defamation after the popular blogger and close personal friend, for full transparency, uh, reported on the rumor that Sahara would be closing in September of 2020. Despite being clearly labeled as a rumor, Sahara claims that once it was tweeted, it had a negative impact on operations, causing concern with employees, guests staying at the property, and vendors. As a result... Sahara claims they had to invest significant time and resources to reassure those worried about such a conclusion to the property. The irony is that we at 360 originally saw this story and chose not to report on it because it was a rumor. However, it's Sahara's actions, in my personal opinion, that adds validity to the rumor that the property is considering closing. This bullshit lawsuit not only discourages me from ever visiting Sahara again, but will ensure that I don't recommend it to anybody else visiting under the current ownership. And I realize that likely means death to that property because who's coming in to go, oh, so it's it's failed as SLS, it's failing as Sahara. Can I get into that? I'd love to get in on that. <laughs> For the record, I'm still going to Bizarre Meat. 
Yeah, I'm not, again. <laughs> I'm not missing out on that. Big, uh, big grown-up Mark isn't uh, banning you from... Well, I wouldn't listen to that one. <laughs> yeah. You could try. That wasn't going to happen. Big grown-up Karen won't listen. <laughs> See, it makes me want to be like, oh, 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 oh so, so we, if I draw a line in the sand, you won't, you won't, you won't pay attention to the line in the sand? Not when it's, it's so subjective like that, no. I don't like it. You'll get over it. <laughs> this is a conclusion I am not happy with. <laughs> <laughs> and that's different than the last 25 years, Hal. It's awesome. All right, and, and following along uh, with perhaps karma, right. Sahara has some COVID complaints. The State Gaming Control Board recently issued a regulatory complaint to the Sahara regarding their COVID safety protocols. The violations could result in as little as a warning to a potential fine and up to suspension or revocation of their gaming license. That's not going to happen. The complaint detailed several cases where social distancing was not enforced, including a lunch that played host to 135 people, well above the 50-person max allowed by law at this time. While we fully support anything negative happening, I'll say, while I, but no, no, I'm 360 Vegas. I'll be so fucking narcissistic to say it. So we, me and the brand, (laughs) we're separate entities. (laughs) So so. maybe you should just let 360 Vegas say it in case another lawsuit comes up. We don't want you on there personally. (laughs) Exactly. 360 Vegas is saying that. LLC. None of the the three of us sitting here. I apparently can't have an opinion, according to Sarah. <laughs> no, that's not true. To be honest with you, looking at some of these, they were kind of nitpicky. Like, it was one of those things where you'd see people hanging out by the table too close, but if they had a mask on, what's the big deal? It's still social distancing, and you're not supposed to have unless and, you're playing. And, and I realize it's, be there. Still, it's, the rules. it's still the rules. But I was kind of like, really? Is that what you're going to do? But I was like, it is Sarah. Well, the, so, the big one that's so you know flagrant is 135 people. That's the one lunch. they're going to end up getting a fine for. Or yeah. Like that. But good. That's what they get. Sahara issued a statement, but who cares? You can look that up on the uh, on the link that we would have on the blog if you so choose to hear their PR babble. <laughs> I, uh, I will be interested to see if any other uh, casinos on the strip get hit i uh, saw that there were some in my opinion no-name casinos either around the las vegas area or maybe the state of nevada just in general that have have some uh complaints coming their way by the gaming control board and i think you know one of the many dotties happened to have been one of them uh, which one I, I don't give a shit but no, I, I recognize none of the none of the casinos that were that were being hit with these uh, gaming control violations gotcha does Dottie serve food? I don't I know I didn't think they did I, I mean they must if they're open well, unless if, this if was they, before well, yeah, the month been the, the month ago shutdown right exactly hmm. mm-hmm. Battleborn pins or Disney quality enamel pins of vintage Vegas icons the ever-expanding collection includes this week's featured pin, the Mint. Milton Prell, majority owner of the Sahara and the Aladdin at the time, opened the Mint on Fremont Street in 1959. The design, engineering, fabrication, and installation of the property's marquee was documented by the company behind all of it, Yesco. Eight years before the non-for-profit known today as the Neon Museum was created, this 96-foot-tall sign considered one of the most memorable in Vegas history, was lost to the world in 1988 
when Binion's acquired the property and expanded into the space. This mini piece of vintage awesomeness costs $10 alone or $26 as part of the Vintage Vegas combo pack, which includes the Stardust Shower of Stars and the Dunes Turret Marquee. 360 Vegas listeners can drop that price by another 20% when they use the promo code 360. Just go to battleborn.shop or go to our blog, 360vegaspodcast.com, and click on the banner ad for Battleborn pins. Next up, the ACL, the very legally stuff we've got going on. I'm loving this week. Uh, <laughs> the ACLU sues the Rio and the Las Vegas Police Department. A group of black guests at the Rio informed the property that they were going to throw a birthday party. A birthday party? Birthday? Birthday I've been party. To one of those. I was going to say, they're going to Australia at Perth. All <laughs> right. <laughs> Happy birthday. <laughs> oh, jeez. That's, that's a call to our boys. <laughs> anyway, uh, they, they were going to throw a birthday party in one of the suites on, in August of 2018. After 2 a.m., police and security stormed the room to break up the party. Each of the 34 guests was searched, handcuffed, and forced to sit outside in the hallway for six hours without food, water, or bathroom facilities. Six hours? I know. I had to read that one two or three times because I didn't believe it. Shortly after the incident, police informed the media the raid was done because in attendance were three alleged gang members. Twelve people were arrested, mostly for outstanding traffic warrants. How many friends do you have? Getting in there. Is, is it a club? Is that what it was? Is that what the meeting, uh, the, the, the parking ticket? What? I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure where you're going with that one. Sorry. I just thought uh, that's a lot of, uh, like, you have 12 people arrested. Most of those 12 people had, had traffic warrants. Oh, well. I don't know <laughs> collectively in my entire life. That many people with traffic warrants. That you know of. Oh, true. That you know. Hey, actually, yes, you know of one. Me. You oh. have a traffic warrant? So, well, not currently. I was well, going to say, outstanding? Say, it seems like that is a lawyer for the state. That would be a problem. <laughs> when I was, uh, sorry, kids, it's, apparently it's Grandpa's Got a Story Week. Nice. <laughs> when I was an uh, undergrad and I was getting my, my um, political science degree, before we could graduate, we had to do an externship. So uh, I did my externship here in Lansing. I was at the time in Kalamazoo, Michigan at Western Michigan University. Go Broncos. And I would drive up to Lansing twice a week. I interned in a state representative's office. And this one particular day, although the university provided a, a van for all of the, the students that were doing a, an internship to ride in so that they didn't actually have to drive their own car and pay their own gas and whatnot, I had something going on. I couldn't make it. So I drove up later on separately by myself. I parked at a meter in front of the, the Capitol building went in, did my internship deal, came back and had gotten a, a parking ticket for an expired meter. They left it on my car and it was right near, right near the end of my, my internship. So I thought, eh, screw you, Lansing. I'm not going to pay this ticket. Hand to God, I have it framed in a Walt Disney World picture frame. serious? Of this piece of paper that came mailed from the city of Lansing that says and a warrant for your arrest has been issued because I didn't pay my my expired meter ticket within, you know, whatever, let's just say like 
365 days or whatever the threshold right, right. is for Lansing <laughs> to start issuing warrants for non-payment of, of expired meter tickets. And I just thought it was so delicious that of all people in this world, anybody that knows Tony Snyder knows that he may be a kind of a douchebag, but he's not, he's not, you know, a guy that breaks the law, right? He's never had any even remote brushes with the law. And lo and behold, I've got a warrant out for my arrest for not paying a, 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 a parking meter, a square parking meter ticket. Well, the, the best part is though, is at the time I was a college kid, as far as the state of Michigan was concerned, my driver's license, my, my registration for my vehicle was all my home, my quote unquote home, parents. my parents address. Right. Yeah. So I get a phone call from my father and you guys got to understand <laughs> my dad is the most laid back guy. I mean, we're talking like Mike Brady sort of laid back. <laughs> just go with the now, flow. Tony. Now, right. <laughs> you know, boys, this is not how we handle disagreements. <laughs> right. And I mean, my dad was spitting mad. And of course, I immediately without even knowing what he was, what he was angry about. I knew I was in trouble. <laughs> and he wants to know why I've gotten a, a warrant out for my arrest. And I, you know, and I said, I don't know, you know, what, what are you looking at? What, what, what's telling you this? And he reads this document <laughs> as, a, as a law student going, I don't know, dad, what, what's <laughs> yeah, <laughs> immediately realized, Oh, geez. So any rate, there you go, my friend, I have had a warrant in at this point, sadly, it's been probably mm, 24 years since that's happened, but, but yes, there you go. Well, that's, awesome. how, that's how you wind up like that. But, but I think this goes to Mark's, you know, issue with the statistics because, um, that makes two thirds of us on this call right now that have had warrants out for their arrest. <laughs> Mine was for failure to appear. <laughs> so <Okay. laughs> I, again, in college, long story short, I had a fake ID and there was a drive-through right down the street from our house that I very frequently would drive through and, you know, show them the fake ID and buy alcohol and not a big deal. Well, one time, of course, there was a cop there do doing a sting. So I got a ticket and he wrote on the bottom of it, you know, the, the date and time that I had to appear. So, and I think it was at like one o'clock on whatever day. So I go down one o'clock on that day and I go down to the courtroom and it's closed. It's locked. There's nobody there. I was like, okay, well, this is weird. And I don't know. I went down to the clerk of courts and I said, hey, I, I've got a ticket. I'm supposed to be here at one o'clock. There's nobody there. And they're like, oh no, that was 10 o'clock. Uh, you didn't make it. So now there's a warrant out for your arrest for failure to appear. I'm like, excuse me? <laughs> Wait, what? And so literally you could tell like on the, the court version of the ticket, the officer had changed the time. <gasps> and, oh. and I didn't call to follow up and anything else. So Long story short, the judge still happened to be there, and so he uh, he decided he would see me in his chambers, and oh my God, wrote me the riot act. It was so... But of course, here I am, what, 19 at the time, I think? Yeah. And just in full-blown panic, what do you mean there's a warrant out for my arrest? So, yeah, we got that cleared up the same day. <laughs> but it, <Right>. <laughs> So, yeah, so, you know, 66% of the people on this uh, this little podcast right now. So the number might be higher than you think, Mark, I think is what, where, where we're going. I guess. I guess. You know, is Mark, Mark, are you sorry that you even made that throwaway yeah, comment? That was such a terrible joke that I, I got abused for. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, all right. So please continue. Please continue. Yeah, what else so any, of, of those 12 people, two of them had faced charges related to gang activity. 
However, the judge dismissed all the charges after it was determined that the search and arrest were unconstitutional since there was, quote, no specific or credible evidence of any specific criminal gang activity, unquote. The ACLU suit is seeking unspecified monetary damages along with an injunction to stop Metro's, quote, party crasher protocol, which includes unlawful searches. Party crasher protocol. Party crasher. You've got to imagine it's pretty common, right, in Vegas for people to get rooms and have parties, I think. Well, yeah, and I think there's a difference between, you know, hotel security being called because it's ridiculously loud and, you know, ungodly late or whatever versus the cops showing up and deciding to raid it. Right. Which, you know, the cops knew, or at least the hotel knew that they were going to have this party. So chances are the cops found out somehow. Otherwise, why would they just randomly show up and raid it? Right. Well, if I had to guess how this all played out, my guess is security probably tried to get the party goers to quiet down when it got to the, let's say, midnight 1 a.m. marker. And when my guess is the party just kept bumping by 2 a.m., they called the police. And and so the police were there under, you know, under probably a a misdemeanor situation of like a... a, um, what probably noise would have been, yeah, now, now the cops are here, it's serious, you gotta, you know, quiet down and break it up. Absolutely, but, you know, and, and we weren't there, I don't know what, what would have occurred, but I mean, I, it's, it, I agree with the judge, not even having read the article, I, it, I agree with the judge that it seems interesting that there would be these searches, these, um, these arrests based on no specific or credible evidence of any uh, gang, uh, criminal gang activity. I mean, without getting too lawyerly here, you know, one of the almost on day one of law school, we're, we're taught that, you know, you got to have probable cause for some of these actions that you take as a police officer. And, and you know, what what did they see? What was going on? Um, you know, did they smell marijuana in the room? Although marijuana is legal, it, my understanding is it's not um, allowed in, in hotel rooms. Right. Right. You know, that, that adds to it. But I'll, I'll never forget... My, my criminal law and criminal procedure uh, instructor, I just happened to have gotten the same guy for, for both courses. I remember him saying, you'll never really be able to define or, or put your finger on what probable causes. He said, you got to think of it as making stew. If I put carrots and celery and onion and meat into, in, into a pot with, with beef broth and let it simmer for three hours, you would probably call that stew. But what if I don't like carrots. If I just put in meat and celery and onions and maybe I throw in for good measure potatoes instead of carrots, couldn't you consider that stew? Well, yeah, under that situation you can, you know, and so the whole idea of being able to come up with probable causes, it's more a totality of the circumstance. And I just, I just, I wonder what would have been going on here that these police officers would have been doing. I'm um, sure we're missing part of the story. I'm sure they were Absolutely. There was There's, a reason someone came to the right. room. But the other thing so. I have to go back to is the whole six hours piece. Like, uh, number one, if they've, been, if they've been partying in the room and now they're forcing them to sit in the hallway in handcuffs without ask, uh, access to a bathroom, that's a disaster waiting to happen. But uh, six hours, how does it, like, if they're under arrest, fine. Round up the paddy wagon and get them out of there. Why are you leaving them sitting in a hallway for yeah. six hours? I don't know. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Having uh, belabored, and probably that is the longest piece of short news in 360 (laughs) Vegas history, I'll move on. Because this one's pretty fun to talk about. Four bars and a new resort. So you get it. (laughs) it. Every time I always have um, 
two turntables and a microphone. That's what it was. I knew it was a reference to something, but I couldn't place it. Yeah. So. I've done it several times before. As a matter of fact, uh, the infamous episodes of Tony and I that were then emblazoned onto movie posters. Uh, oh, the, right. The episodes they reference is, uh, what is it? Uh, something, uh, it, it, two, two dumb twits and a microphone or something like that. Right. <laughs> I don't, I, don't, I don't remember what it was. Anyway. <laughs> Good story. <laughs> With the early opening of Circa Fast Approaching, owner Derek Stevens can't help but talk about what he's got in store for Fremont on October 28th. This week, Eater Vegas reported on the four bars that will be featured in the new resort, starting with the Lobby Bar, which is three stories tall, so it can accommodate the iconic sign known as Vegas Vicky. Next is the Mega Bar, Stevens' self-inflicted manzi to the Long Bar, this bar will be 165 foot long or 65 feet longer than the long bar at the D. On the top floor of the three-level sports bar resides the overhang bar, an ode to the Detroit Tiger Stadium. And as all Stevens properties, or with all of them, uh, plans are for a giant outdoor bar named Circa Bar. Cool. I'm I'm really looking forward to it. I I'm a little bummed that I won't be there for the actual actual October 28th opening, but um, I, I trust that there will be dozens and if not hundreds of pictures that'll show up on Twitter. I, so yeah, I'll, I don't think I'll, you'll have a problem no, actually so. seeing it in person. Vicariously, <laughs> but yeah, this should be this should be super cool. And and um, from a guy who really relishes being a a casino owner particularly in the you know old school style of of vegas i i just i have nothing but um high regards for Derek stevens and so i have uh, complete blind faith because as, as we've talked about on this podcast before we we didn't think that the name the d was a good idea and, and we were pleasantly surprised and we couldn't I, at least i couldn't imagine what he could possibly do to make golden uh the golden gate something that would be worthwhile to spend time in. And now it's a, a really enjoyable place to be. So Cirque is just going to be, um, oh, and now sure. he's, he's completely transforming Fremont. We starting from scratch. He's doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He had two properties. He, he transformed. Well, here, and if you remember, yeah. And now if you remember what was there and now what's going to be there. Right. I mean, it's, it's night and day. I love that he had the only or has, uh, well had now that they're building it the only two-story casino, which was largely considered to be a failure, which is why nobody else would do it right. until he got it and then made it work. And then now he's like, not only does this work, I'm building it in this other one I'm right. doing. <laughs> well, in yeah. all fairness, like Planet Hollywood's ne- never been able to make it work. Right. Um, I don't know if anyone else has a two-story casino. No. Does Planet Hollywood have it stuff used up on to when it was, used to when it was Aladdin. Oh. It had it had stuff up there. Yeah. Oh, I get it. And they hmm. they have random table. At least they used to have random tables spread out up there on the second floor. Tables, but, not like table games or anything like that. No, they had. I mean, they used to have table games. There's just nobody ever at them. Like they didn't have dealers or chips or anything on them. No, the Mez has always been really. Yeah, they haven't ever used it. Well, well, they hey, used to have tons of, COVID, of slot it seems machines. Like that'd be a brilliant like move. What were you saying? I said, um, in the age of COVID, it seems like putting table games up there would be a brilliant move. You got to get people up there and let them know it's there, but that right. seems For distancing. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody with one of those signs. Those little spinner guys advertising. Like, Arrow, up the escalator <laughs> oh this God. way. Oh, I hate you guys. <laughs> I also hate this uh, story about loose change. 
Vital Vegas is reporting that Caesars is now rounding its tickets, its ticket in, ticket out transactions down to the nearest dollar with no instructions on how to get the remainder of your money. Put simply, you no longer have to worry about getting that 81 cents left over from your less your final ticket. If you got 281, you're getting two dollars is what you're getting. Uh, if you would like, for the record, if you would like the rest of your money, all you have to do is take your ticket in, ticket out receipt to the cashier to obtain to obtain the the change. So, so just to be clear, like you said, if it was two dollars and eighty one cents, it spits out the two dollars and a ticket that just has eighty one cents on it. Uh, a receipt that explains what your ticket was, how much it dispensed, and so. Oh, so it you can't even put it back in another machine if you decided you want to. Oh no, no, no! You're not getting another ticket like that. No. Uh-uh. Okay, just a receipt, and then you have to take the receipt up to the cashier. Right. Otherwise, you just gave them eighty-one cents or whatever, whatever change, ranging from a penny to ninety-nine of them. Hmm. Listen, I'll be the first to concede that although I I hate big pockets full of change. I use, I I collect my change at the end of the night. I just drop it on the, on the credenza in the hotel room. And then at the end of the trip, I leave that as a, with a little note that says, thanks housekeeping for a great room. And you know, yeah. Cause it winds up being, I mean, it's amazing how quick the change really does add up to real money. (laughs) It's it's not uncommon. I'll leave the, the, the housekeeper five or six or $7 worth of change because I just don't want to carry it home with me. Um, and you know, they, I, I'll tell you one of the things that I really like about hotel rooms and I'm a, a little annoyed that, that COVID has done away with this pre COVID particularly as it relates to Caesars Entertainment, if you didn't want housekeeping to come into your room, if you were willing to accept no housekeeping for your stay, they would give you like a 10 or $15 credit on your portfolio to, you know, whatever you were going to eat anyway and charge to your room. As far as I was concerned, my wife loathes the notion of housekeeping being in our hotel room when we're not there. We're the same. So she always ensures that we have the do not disturb sign on the door and, and, and asks or make sure that I will ask and get the, the 10 or $15 credit. They've taken it away now from, you know, because of COVID and housekeepers not coming in, blah, blah, blah. But long story short was as far as I was concerned, leaving five or six or $7 in change for housekeeping when they never came in anyway, wasn't really shorting them per se, because they did nothing during my three or four nights stay in that room. Right to begin with. So at any rate, my point is, and I swear I have one, <laughs> this, is, this is really going to screw over the housekeepers in Tony's room. <laughs> I'm really sorry. I don't know why I've got so many grandpa stories. Tonight. <laughs> but, All right. but no, but the, the housekeeper thing, and it never used to bother me as much when housekeeping came in, you know, because I used to travel a ton, and, and they'd come in, and it wasn't a big deal. You just made sure any of your valuables and stuff were locked up. Until one trip, um, first night in the hotel, or, you know, come back the next day, and literally, again, I'm a woman, so I have a ton of toiletries. I've got the makeup and the lotions and the brushes and all that kind of stuff. They had literally touched every single item and had rearranged it on the bathroom counter on top of a little washcloth that they laid out, like everything. They moved my toothbrush. They moved everything. And I was just like, okay, yeah, no. So, I mean, that one I called down to the front desk and I said, this is excessive. It's it's invasive. 
and I don't want anybody back in ever since then. I'm just like, nope, we'll skip it. I mean, wow. it's just, yeah, I, I felt so like, I didn't know somebody had obviously been in there and had gone through my stuff. Yeah. And yeah, so that was, that's why big no, no for me. Yeah. I got you. All right. Let's move on to prop bets. For those of you unfamiliar, prop bets is an extension of the news, but with just bits and pieces of noteworthy items. First up, Caesars Entertainment CEO Tom Rieg reiterated that the company still plans to sell a strip casino as part of the Eldorado as part of the Eldorado merger, but may take up to 18 months instead of the previously planned 12 months. Of the 54 casinos Caesars owns or runs in the US, all but three properties have reopened. Those three being Cromwell, Rio, and Planet Hollywood. Rio's not even open and they're getting sued. <laughs> <laughs> Rio can't win. They're fucking Charlie Brown. <laughs> oh, poor Rio. When Resorts announced that they will have another round of furloughs as they adapt to the reduced demand in the market thanks to COVID. By contrast, Circus Circus and Tropicana announced layoffs. See, and I always wonder is, as an employee, is it, because if you're furloughed, you can't collect unemployment, right? Right. You're still getting paid, right? No. I think it depends because like when Tony was, was furloughed, he would have to work days and not get paid for him. So I, I don't think if you're furloughed, you get paid. But well, that's may, that may not be true, actually, because we were eligible for um, the federal unemployment. Okay. Yeah, I just, I wonder. Because otherwise, like, if, you, if you're laid off, okay, then you're laid off, and you know you can get your whatever benefits. But right. if you're furloughed, it's kind of like, because you still have the job. Right. It's just on hold. Right. That would be interesting. I had to figure out somebody to ask about that around here. Although, you know, it's kind of a touchy subject to bring up. Hey, did you get furloughed or laid off? Cool. Let me talk to you about I got questions. (laughs) Moonshot.com is the place where you can get your favorite vintage Vegas shirts. Incredibly comfortable to wear. Available in male and female cuts. Two styles. Multiple colors and sizes. Reasonably priced. And cool as hell. Options include this week's feature property, the Tangiers. It's not even a real casino, but the movie it was featured in is so good, it might as well have been. The Tangiers is the name of the hotel casino featured in the Martin Scorsese film, Casino. The film uses multiple real Vegas properties to make up the fictional Tangiers, including the Landmark, the Riviera, and the property that inspired the story, the Stardust. This and dozens of other vintage Vegas shirts are available at Moonshot.com, starting at $27. Use the promo code 360Vegas and save 15% off your order. Just go to moonshot.com, that's M-0-0-N-S-H-O-T.com, or just go to our blog, 360VegasPodcast.com, and click on the banner ad for moonshot.com. A sex worker was arrested after stealing $90,000 from a John after he had fallen asleep post-coitus. For some reason, the John told the show... The, the John told and showed the sex worker that he had $90,000, forgetting that you don't need to impress a sex worker to get laid. <laughs> wow. That's, I mean, I feel bad for the guy, but what an idiot. I know. Yeah. Yeah. And apparently he brought the money here to buy a house. 
So it was like his down. Oh. It was his down payment on the house, oh. and he didn't care. He he called the cops. He was like, "Oh yeah, no, I hired her, and she stole my ninety grand." I guess he figured getting the ninety grand back was going to be know, better right? than yeah. Than, yeah. Uh, oh jeez, I'll take the misdemeanor. USA Today reports that the Mirage will finally reopen August twenty seventh, just before the Labor Day long weekend. Park MGM is now the last property in the MGM Resorts portfolio still closed. I I just I love Mirage. It's it's always going to be one of those special places in my heart. I have zero luck gambling there, but for, yeah. otherwise, yes, like the property. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm just thrilled that it's finally coming back. I, I don't I, I don't appreciate that it was it was kept dormant so long. I'm surprised out of all of them, and I'm, no doubt they had to have looked at the balance sheets to figure out which one was the logical one to right, be last, right. but that's that's nuts to me that that wasn't one of the first. Well, Maybe the I Mirage think. is one of those ones that kick ass during the week, and they're like, fuck, we can't. Nobody's coming during yeah. the week. Well, and I think if you look at it from a location standpoint, the Mirage is the furthest north, and it's kind of on an island on its own compared to the rest of the MGM properties, although mm. that still doesn't explain why they have an open park MGM because it's right smack dab in the middle of it's everything. Still, yeah, it's still just, but, it's the Mirage, man. Yeah. Show some respect. Yeah, That's right. <laughs> The RJ is reporting that LaRev will not return to win when shows are allowed to reopen per the pandemic. After the pandemic. After, yeah. As a reminder, LaRev, while clearly a Cirque-style show, is an independent production and not an official Cirque du Soleil production. Yeah, because we had a story about Cirque filing bankruptcy, but it wasn't going to impact any of the Vegas shows. That still holds true. This isn't a Cirque show. Right. It's, it's, or it's not technically a, a Cirque show. A man is in critical condition after being stabbed multiple times while at Venetian. No further details were available at this time. Police are still investigating and have not made any arrests. <laughs> it just seems like this. So there's this one time I was at Venetian. My God, this guy just kept stabbing me. <laughs> well, and quite honestly, that goes to what I know we talked about on you know previous shows. That goes to the quality of people that are here right now. Goes to the Venetian and just decides they're going to stab somebody. They're angry. They're like, oh, none of the bars are open. This is bullshit. Well, that's, that's entirely possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know you said here that no details were available at this time, and I'm asking for a detail. <laughs> <laughs> Was it in the casino proper, or did it happen at least like in a hotel room? <laughs> I don't know. It didn't. It didn't clarify. I- I feel like it was in a common area. Like it, I don't think it was in a room. I could be wrong. <laughs> Adds to my. But story I mean, it could story. be in the shops or something. You know, I don't know oh. if it was on the casino floor. But oh I feel yeah, like good it call was, in the shop. I feel like it was in a public area. Mm. I, I'm gonna have to fact check this after the podcast. Yeah, of course, <laughs> Peta protested outside the. <laughs> yes, I will. Peta protested outside the courthouse this week as Tiger King star Jeff Lowe had a scheduled appearance to address his 2017 citation for doing business without a license. Lowe didn't make an appearance as the hearing was postponed. Isn't that a bit much to call him a star? <laughs> he was in the... I didn't say he was a star. I well, said you he said starred, as Tiger King Tiger star. King star. Oh, I guess. <laughs> Whatever. He was in the show, therefore he starred in it. I'm not going to call him a featured a featured player in the... <laughs> <laughs> the guy that stole the business from uh, Joe Exotic. I'm not, I'm not judging him. <laughs> Clark County voted unanimously to allow marijuana dispensaries to have drive through windows. Las Vegas and Henderson both said that drive through windows will continue to be prohibited. This kind of gives a whole new meaning to the, you know, do you want fries with that order kind of thing. 
Oh, come on. No. I'll give you that. Thank you, Tony. <laughs> the Las Vegas entertainment community held a demonstration on Las Vegas Boulevard this week. Electricians, lighting, and wardrobe joined performers in calling for a return to live performances. I, I got to be honest with you, I am missing him, and I do intend on joining one of those those you know local shows for locals or whatever thing. Um, oh yeah, if they're still doing them right now in, in a COVID world. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's but yeah, I do. Like, you, they... like uh, you've got to know what it is I want to go see. Uh, like as soon as we're allowed to go see it. I'm guessing love. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes, please. <laughs> now that Mirage is opening back up. Yeah. All right. Construction on Palazzo's northwestern most entrance featured this week to reveal a strip. Oh, shit. Man, <laughs> talk about putting the wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable. <laughs> what, are you, what are you drinking today, Tony? What's, in, what's impacting Not this? Not a gall darn thing. That's, that's the crazy that's thing. That's the problem. <laughs> You do better with a few sips in you. Alcohol untangles the tongue, I guess. Apparently. At any rate, this entrance was finished this week, and it revealed the strip's newest LED light sign. (laughs) It was not nearly as grand as as you ended up making it sound. I know, right? (laughs) Apparently, Asgard's getting all fired up now. I thought I saw. <laughs> he got up and kicked the mic stand and it came back and wet me in the mouth. Ouch. <laughs> it's not that funny, Tony. <laughs> it's been a while since we've had somebody completely crack up and lose it, apparently. Right. It's Tony's turn. I, I guess it's just the mental <laughs> picture. <laughs> Well, Mark could tell you he actually <laughs> saw it. <laughs> As in, you just sit there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm done. I think I'm okay. <laughs> Do you want us to reenact it and send it to you? <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> A judge ruled against bar owners who filed suit against the governor of Nevada after bars were required to shut down for a second time thanks to COVID. And a little a little tag lying onto that in case Even anybody hasn't heard, hasn't heard. That order was set to expire last night at midnight. And sometime late afternoon, the new COVID commission of Nevada said that, nope, they've got to stay closed another two more weeks. Uh, yeah. So what do you think, guys? Do you want to look into your crystal ball and tell me what's going to happen for your... Uh for your Labor Day weekend. Don't we have a listener feedback that basically answer that? Or ask that, yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll get to that. At this point, I don't want to make predictions because who, who the hell knows? Construction on the new Pinball Hall of Fame location, South Strip, near the Welcome to Las Vegas sign, has begun. Plans are to open the $10 million facility in January of 2021. Yay. This does seem like the kind of time to like go on. I'm glad we're building. Yeah, right. <laughs> like we know everything's going to be okay one day, but it's like right now you're like, oh, I'm so glad we're not open right now. We're just building shit. Yeah. But that's, I mean, that's easy enough to control and social distance and, and stuff. We still, I keep forgetting to check to see if it's actually open right now. The current one. But. All right. Yeah. Uh, before I read my, my next uh, bullet point, I do have some breaking news here. Apparently, the man at the Venetian mm-hmm. who was stabbed, 
He was found uh, when police responded to a call for a fight on the 34th floor of the hotel just before 11 p.m. So it wasn't a room. Okay. So that makes me feel a little bit better, I guess. Right, it's not just some random stuff. Walking through the, exactly. the shops or the casino, just going, I'm just going to stab you. I'm not, yeah, I'm not just sitting at the roulette table like, ow. <laughs> that's awesome. I hope that's what you do if you ever get knife. Ow. It's ouchie. <laughs> you gave me a boo-boo. Excuse me, sir. Hey, that hurt. Right. That is not nice. <laughs> I'm going to tell my mom. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see here. Las Vegas rooted band. Oh, I, I get it. The Las Vegas rooted band. Yeah, they're rooted. The, they're rooted in Las Vegas. Hey, I just read the word, sir. Las Vegas rooted band, The Killers, released a new album this week. The title, Imploding the Mirage. Yeah, I don't I don't find that funny at all. Mm-mm. That's not cute. Yeah. No. You guys are dicks now. And there, there's a couple ways that that's wrong. One is actually like imploding the mirage I itself, think it's or the See, second is it imploding the mirage that is Las Vegas. I actually think it like the the, the phrasing itself is is fascinating. Imploding the mirage, um, I, I absolutely love it. But when you attach it to <laughs> the mirage, yeah, no. It's not <laughs> and lastly, the MSG Spheres completion date has been adjusted to 2023 due to COVID related delays. Wow. Do you guys think that thing will still get built? Considering how far along it is, that's a hell of a lot of work to just stop the project. Although look at Fontainebleau. (laughs) Right, right. Or the, uh, the covered up Venetian. Right. Well, and with this quite honestly, because we talked about it when they announced this, it's another venue that I don't think Vegas needs. You don't need another stadium. You have no. T-Mobile. You don't need one. You don't, and you're, or you don't need a big theater. I mean, you could do MGM. You could do Mandalay. You could, there's so many other places that you already have. This was more just a, hey, we want our own. Let's stick it back here kind of a thing. Right. So it, it, it's not needed. It's not going to be a game changer. It's not going to be. So, you know, did they just call it quits? Yeah, potentially. Yes. Yeah. I guess we'll see. Well, that's going to do it for news and prop bets. Let's check the river. All right. This week, we've got a couple of emails and our listener feedback. So, uh, Kieran, did you want to take this first one or am I going to do it? I'll do it. Uh, yeah, you got the first one. That's, I, How I, soon you forget? We discussed I, I this ahead of time, Tony. <laughs> sure did. <laughs> All right, so this comes from Eric Testa. He says, hey, man, hope you guys are doing well. We are considering, parenthetical, emphasis on considering, running out there next month. What would you say it's like? Is it lame wearing masks everywhere, etc.? Do you know if they're enforcing it at the pools? Talk to you soon, Eric. Well, you guys live out there. You can probably comment firsthand. Uh, I would say it is lame wearing masks, but that's not really the worst part about it. Honestly, to me, it's all about the bars. The fact that they don't have bars open. Uh, at this point, yeah. I wouldn't recommend that you come. It's it's not like the properties are open, but it's if unless you only want to gamble and eat. So it depends. I think it depends on what kind of experience you're expecting when you get out here. If you are looking for 
the Vegas experience that we've all eat. known and loved forever and a day. It's not happening right now. Now, the gambling, yeah, the wearing of the masks is not a huge deal. And quite honestly, um, once you're out on the strip, most people uh, that I've seen have been pulling them down under their nose or under their chin. So when you're outdoors. See, and that's the way that, that I mean, they are enforcing it by the pools. The last we heard, uh, they were going to be la- enforcing it by the pools. Yeah, we. the last time we were at a pool was before they put in the new mandate, mandate that said, you have to you have to have a mask on at all times unless, unless you're you like are in, the, in the water or walking to and from the the pool itself, the water to wherever your place is. But yeah, if you've got right. like a, a beach chair or whatever that you're hanging out in, you're supposed to have your mask on, right? Which is stupid because I agree. Property, you're outside. I forget which one it was. Actually, did a commercial where they showed a woman with a tan line on her face and wearing a mask, and I was like, Yeah, that's what. Yeah, that's want. that's not what anybody wants. <laughs> that's what people want. But you know, we so. I actually met up with some friends um, for drinks and a dinner down at Cosmo. You can, you know, the chandelier bar, the lounge portion of it was open. And once you got in and sat down and ordered your drinks, you could take your mask off. You could still, the people watching was still fun. Um, You can gamble, just not at a bar top. You know, the food is there. There's no shows, but it, so it's different. If you're looking for a getaway, it can still be fun, but you just have to be prepared on what it's going to be like when you get out here. That's my take. Yep. All right. All right. Next up, we have an email from Scott Jarvis. Scott says, I don't know if you have heard, but Frank Collada passed away from COVID, passed away today from COVID. He has been sick a while, and his friend Adam just had a live session on their YouTube channel. My wife and I had the pleasure of going on the casino anniversary tour with him. He was entertaining and personable and had great stories. A Las Vegas legend, in parentheses, the darker side, has left us. Hope you and Karen are doing well. Scott. Tony, what are your thoughts on on somebody like Frank Collada? You know, um, I, I, obviously I have mixed uh, emotions. For that may be a bit of an overstatement. But, you know, it's... Uh, his stories are certainly fascinating right. and the things that he lived through and experienced and, 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 and got to see firsthand are just fascinating to me. It, I, I still, you know, I still feel a little dirty saying that knowing that those firsthand experiences were murdering people or beating the shit out of people, right. <laughs> generally doing very bad things to uh, human beings. Right. Um, but I'll tell you if, if, Folks haven't had an opportunity yet to listen to the podcast called Mobbed Up, The Fight for Las Vegas. Oh, that's good. It is a wonderful uh, 10-part series, and it has Frank Collada as kind of the main star character in, in every episode. I mean, he's in there. He, he, they sat, he sat down with one of the RJ uh, reporters, and it gave me a new sense of respect for the guy, at least as so far as it was, you know, I'm not going to lie. It was kind of nice to hear him say, listen, I didn't really like what I had to do, but it was nothing personal. It was business. And quite frankly, I only hurt people that were within our, our sphere. I, I'm paraphrasing him, of course, but right. you know, the, other the people that, that were in the mob related stuff. Right, right. right. <laughs> you know, and so I know that that's maybe me trying to find a way that I can sleep with myself at night. But it was interesting. He did make a good point of saying that the things that we did to people were within our, you know, our own circle. These, these weren't people that were going out and we're searching and, and we're robbing a house and we, we kill a guy. We're, 
you know, we're dealing with people who have double crossed us or who have my words, not his, not lived up to their, you know, their end of the bargain. Right, so right. I, I got to admit when I, I did not know. So thanks Scott for the, for the email. I, I did not know that he had passed away. I hadn't seen that or, or heard that anywhere, but I got to admit, I'm a little bummed because I knew that he was a fixture at my beloved mob museum. And right. I kind of thought that there might come a time where I would coincidentally pair up a, a trip out there where he would be speaking about something. So, um, a very long answer to your, your kind of simple question, but I, you know, I'm, I, I, I was interested. Listen, I read, I loved it. Folks love the movie casino. I don't know why you, you've not then bought Nick. Oh, hang on. Let me spin around here. What's it, his name's Nick Pelagia. I think I, I may be. Oh, right. Yeah. I know name. who you're talking about. But the guy that actually wrote, uh, the book casino that the movie is based on. And I'll tell you what the movie is, is a hundred percent factual. Well, okay. Not at least as it relates to the timeline that that you've done um, in your awesome POVs. But I mean, the, the, the the conversations, how things played out, how it happened is truly is accurate to the book. The only real difference is the book has so much more really great information in it as well. So, (laughs) <laughs> Do you have any thoughts on, on Frank Collada? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm really glad you mentioned that, that, uh, that mobbed up series. That's a really, really good one. And I would have forgot to, to mention it, but yeah, I do highly recommend that. Um, I, I don't have any thoughts on him other than, you know, echoing what, what you had said, you know, it, it's, it's weird to, to be like, Oh, Hey, tell me about how you killed a guy. Oh man. That's so cool. Like, that's <laughs> weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I, I wasn't aware of it. Um, I think the story came out, like, the day later. Uh, I thank Scott for giving me the heads up. But um, that's that that uh, anniversary tour, I think I might have to, to rehome that or something. <laughs> I'll be like, all right, fine, I'll take it over now that Frank's gone. <laughs> all of the cross you bear for us. We right? appreciate it, Mark. <laughs> well, listen, I think that's going to do it for episode number 339. Thank you all for listening and downloading. We really do appreciate it. If you'd like to check out any of the stories on today's show, you can do so on the blog, which is 360vegaspodcast.com. Get premium and exclusive content when you subscribe to our show at patreon.com slash 360vegas and get 360vegas shirts, mugs, and anything else that we can slap a logo on over at zazzle.com slash 360vegas. If you'd like to be like our friends Eric and Scott and send us some feedback, you can do written or audio for us. You can send that to 360vegaspodcast at gmail.com. Tony, where can folks find you? I am at 360vegastony. Karen. I am at 360vegascaren. He just told you where you can find me. So until next time. Yeah.